This is from the bookshelves of Forbes India. I'm Divya Shekhar. Did you know that the word computation made its first appearance in the second five-year plan? And the word computer was first introduced only in the third five-year plan in India. But there were a few early adopters, believers in the potential of technology who have helped the IT industry turn into the behemoth worth billions of dollars today. Our guest on the podcast is one such believer. Chris Gopalakrishnan is the co-founder of Infosys and the co-author of Against All Odds, The IT Story of India, along with N. Daya Sindhu and Krishnan Narayanan. It's a book full of interesting conversations, anecdotes and data points about the evolution of the IT industry in India over the last six decades and the people that shaped it. Thank you so much for uh, joining us on the podcast, Mr. Gopal Krishnan. Thank you for having me. Now, I wanted to start by asking you is that, you know, the book mentions an interesting anecdote about how Mr. Narayan Murthy came across a computer for the first time. Do you have a similar experience that you can recall? Uh, definitely. So I was studying MSc physics at IIT Madras. And uh, IIT, this is way back in 77. Uh, and IIT Madras in 73 got... Um, Asia's second largest computer, an IBM 370. But I couldn't get access to that computer because I'm not you know, in the computer science department or I don't have an application that allows me to use the sender. And I met uh, Professor Mahabala accidentally, actually on the road. He was on a cycle, I was on a cycle. And uh, we struck up a conversation and he said, there is a free Fortran programming class happening in the uh, campus and if you take that you will get access to the computer center so I took that I got access to the computer center and luckily I also got admitted to master's mtech in computer science uh, so that's my beginning my introduction and my um, introduction to computers was that IBM 370 which is the second largest computer uh, in Asia at that point uh, so we have come a long way uh, that computer is thousand times less powerful, thousand times less powerful, and um, even thousand times less costly than the smartphone that we carry in our hands. Yeah. Right. But uh, uh, you know that's how the industry has miniaturized, reduced cost, and become you know a lot more ubiquitous. Uh, but that was my introduction to computers at that point, and. Uh, uh, in those days, um, you know, you would program on punch cards, feed the program, uh, wait for maybe 24 hours before you get a response saying that, uh, yes, your program was accepted or no, maybe there is a error in it. So you have to correct it. All kinds of things we did. In the book, you mentioned that one of the main reasons why uh, the IT industry has been able to to progress and grow the way it has is that is due to those people, those early adopters who had faith in computation and who believed uh, in computers. So, you know, could you tell us why through the process of writing this book, why you decided to tell the story through their perspective, like conversations with them, along with the data and the information about the industry that you do present? Uh, what is the value and the importance that you saw in telling the story this way? So, uh, first things, uh, there are people who we don't associate with, and even I did not know, even though I was in the industry for so long, uh, 
who have played a key role. So, for example, Homi Baba, way back in 1959, wrote a report for TIFR and made TIFR develop a uh, actual computer, you know, completely fabricated at TIFR. Um, it was called TIFRAC. Uh, in, in, and it was uh, commissioned in 1962. And at that point, it was one of the computers that, you know, even uh, was equivalent to the best of IBM. Uh, so we wanted to actually showcase uh, these people. The first computer came to Indian Statistical Institute in Calcutta. Professor Mahabhadu was, was the person who, um, you know, uh, put out the request and got the computer. So one is people who we do not normally associate were involved. Second, uh, there are, there are uh, stories about how we train the first set of um, computer scientists in the country, starting from IIT Kanpur in 1965, started an MTech course in computer science. Then how these professors uh, went to different institutes across the country, people you know, Professor Mahabila went to IIT Madras and started computer science. Professor Rajaraman moved to Institute of Science and started this, etc. So again, we wanted to say that we were not behind. We were actually on par with the um, rest of the world, especially on the software side. Uh, and the third is the impact of this industry. It's a $220 billion industry, um, employing 5 million people. It's world class. It makes Indians proud. Uh, you know, we have uh, uh, five out of the top 10 services companies in India. India has become the uh, global base for uh, IT uh, work, global base for R&D. Uh, and so we felt that this story needs to be told such that it becomes an inspiration for future entrepreneurs. What made the industry what it is today? Uh, things like, you know, formation of an industry association. We created an industry that's world-class. Uh, we work together even though we are competitors. Uh, the industry had very high governance standards. You know, the Satyam fiasco proved that. So all of this had to be told. And we said the way we would make these stories come alive is through the voices of the leaders involved. So we interviewed 55 plus people, people like uh, F.C. Kohli, who unfortunately passed away, Professor Mahabla, unfortunately passed away, but we recorded them before uh, we lost them. And people like Ramadurai, Narayan Murthy, Nandan Nilakani, Asim Premji, and so on. Uh, and from those recordings, and we have more than 60 hours of recording, we have actually uh, created this book against all odds, the IT story of India. And of course, we have cross-referenced it with source material and source um, uh, articles and things like that. Right. And uh, now I would like to take you back to the early days of your career when you were at Putney and then you left to uh, start Infosys. Could you talk about uh, those days and what was it that encouraged you to break out of that security and what was the kind of faith that you had perhaps in the sector that prompted you to do that? You know, India was a very different world, I would say. Um, you know, imagine no internet, no a mobile phones, 
you know, uh, no uh, ability to communicate with the uh, rest of the world uh, using high-speed telecommunication links, no venture capital available for entrepreneurs. Um, so it was very different. But we had we had hit upon an idea that software and computers are going to be uh, impactful. You know, it will change all industries. And we felt that, uh, you know, sitting here in India, we will be able to develop software for the world. And, uh, you know, Patni's, Hindetron, uh, these are all distributors of um, systems manufactured elsewhere. And TCS was there, and some of the tel- uh, Tata companies were there. Uh, we saw an opportunity to create something or to start a company that is purely focused on developing software from India. And that's the genesis of um, the idea of Infosys. Uh, personally, I was 25 at that point, And uh, um, there is, this didn't seem very big, right? Uh, if it didn't work out, I thought maybe I can take up a job. I was confident of getting a job. So uh, we just started and we couldn't have imagined, right? India was a closed economy at that time. So we couldn't have imagined that we would be so successful. Every five years or so, we would actually up our goals saying, you know, now that we have reached this, let's, you know, look at the next milestone. So initially, you know, the first 10 years was survival as a company. You know, can we create a sustainable enterprise? The next 10 years were about laying a foundation for a scalable organization, you know, putting in processes for recruitment, training, HR processes, quality processes, finance, accounting, all of those things. We listed on uh, Indian Stock Exchange in 1993, listed on NASDAQ in 1999. So we had created that foundation for building a scalable organization. And then on top of the... uh, you know, Y2K uh, issue bug, which had to be fixed, and the internet uh, boom that happened in the late uh, 2000, we, the industry, not just in forces, the industry grow uh, more than 100% year on year. Uh, you know, Infosys uh, hit the first billion dollars in revenue in 23 years, you know, so 81 to 2004. The next billion dollars we achieved in, 23 months and the third billion dollar we achieved in 13 months so it started accelerating after that you know today of course the our, our startups are achieving these things much faster but without you know external funding without uh, uh, support uh, from outside we were able to build infosys to where it is and of course uh, wipro tcs hcl are other Indian companies which have also done the same. In your book, you mentioned how startups of today can learn a lot from storied IT companies. And it brings me to an interesting point about how startups today have one, two, or at the most three and four co-founders. When you started Infosys, there were seven of y'all. So what was the chemistry like? How did y'all divide uh, roles? And how, how did how did that happen those days? Yeah, you know... Uh, I would say the ideal number is probably uh, two to four uh, because then, you know, the complexities of managing 
larger number of founders you know finding common ground etc becomes even more difficult because everybody is a strong personality they will have their own views on how things should be done they will have uh, the need to be visible face of the company etc uh, luckily for infosys um, even though we had seven founders uh, our our value systems were aligned our goals were aligned you know our goal is not making money our goal uh, was about creating something world class uh, providing solutions from india so there is alignment and and we never thought that it will become so big but we knew that you know we have to be ambitious we need to uh, work very hard we need to make sure that we create a world class organization so there was alignment and then when it came to um, you know how we would rent this business who does what etc there was an implied hierarchy fortunately for us because narayan murthy was the the head of software at patni right and we were all working under him and and in some sense that hierarchy got translated to infosys and murthy was the ceo till 2001 the first 20 years of um, the company and each one of us have played actually multiple roles you know i've played role of managing all the support services i've played managing delivery i've played uh, role of managing sales and marketing and so we would play relevant roles and it gave us broad experience of how uh, an organization uh, has to be run and the last point is who is the ceo ultimately makes the decision who is the ceo is the face of the company so when in 2007 i became the ceo all those responsibilities came to me and and everybody knew right you can you can put your points of view across but ultimately if there is no consensus we will strive for consensus and then the ceo decides and we would then look at implementing those decisions so the rules were very clear decision making rules who becomes the face of the company and we 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 followed that uh, throughout the um, throughout the period that we were there and that i think is the reason why we all stayed together it's probably a a example very rare example of uh, you know six people staying together because one of the founders left us in 1989 ashok karora left uh, in 1989 you know so rest all stayed together much longer this brings me to the conversation about values uh, essentially um infosys has been a company of many firsts it was i think the first indian company to list on the nasdaq and in the 80s and 90s it was among the first uh, companies to sort of start talking about corporate governance and even practicing corporate governance and that sort of got reflected into the larger it sector over the years so what role did infosys play there which also sort of in turn gave it the halo that it had um i think it's it originated from our middle class values we were all first generation entrepreneurs um you know our uh, our wealth at that point was our knowledge right uh, uh, and and that's the reason why it took us much longer to create a sustainable company because we had to bootstrap it there was no external funding available 
so our our uh, needs you know our uh, you know wealth to us was secondary uh, more important was to uh, look for respect at the individual level look for respect for uh, infosys the company that we have created and that actually translated to the set of values corporate governance comes from that right we wanted to be respected by all stakeholders uh, you know the investors employees uh, our customers society our partners uh, you know it, it, our uh, mission was to create a world class company uh, out of india so uh, all of that uh, is a reflection of um, the middle class uh, values the founders had and luckily for um, i think india uh, if you look at uh, you know who are the leaders of um, companies in india at that point the it services side um, they were all first generation um, entrepreneurs or first generation business leaders um you know uh, if you look at uh, ramadurai if you look at rishiv nadar uh, if you look at asim premji though you know there was some family business but first time into the it services space and scaling up rapidly uh, ashok sutha people like that right uh, and, um, and and we would get together we have friends uh, outside uh, businesses get together and work very hard to establish uh that this industry is world class you know all of us were driven with that goal um and so we would um, work together to um for example implement quality systems so in, in the late 90s india had the largest number of um uh, you know uh, level 5 uh, uh, companies in the world level 5 of the cmm capability maturity model that's put out by software engineering institute you know it's the quality standard for software companies india had the largest number of level 5 companies in the world that's because everybody adopted this um and uh, similarly you know listing on um, uh, nasdaq and after infosys did it other companies also listed on exchanges uh, you know wipro followed and uh, other companies also looked at listing outside or listing in india and once you're listed you have to follow um strict corporate governance guidelines and things like that one thing that uh, i was curious about is that when you mentioned that you were growing at a pace and crossing milestones that even you had not imagined and that's that's also true for a, a lot of startups uh, the the companies uh, the, the the pace at which they grow or rather the valuations that they achieve and at the pace at which they achieve them or the pace at which they attract funding uh, when companies grow at that pace uh, how do you uh, decide okay what are your priorities going to be what are the values that i need to hold dear and how do i need to sort of be flexible elsewhere and reinvent so you see the valuation game is something new we focused on value creation not valuation right we focused on value creation for our customers uh value creation for our investors our employees society at large infosys always has been focused on giving back our founders have been focused on giving back and again i would compliment uh, 
you know the leaders of this industry they are some of the largest philanthropists in the country today right uh, look at uh, shiv nadar or asim premji you know all the infosys founders uh, so our focus was on value creation not on valuation i think there's a huge difference between these two uh, i believe that valuation is a outcome which changes every single day right whereas value creation is more permanent and uh, and and that's what you build on on an ongoing basis and if you create value for your stakeholders customers investors etc valuation will automatically happen uh, you don't chase valuation you actually focus on value creation and what are your thoughts about uh, the various challenges that the it sector finds itself in today uh, be it uh, inflation attrition of manpower or moonlighting how are these conversations uh, sort of influencing the industry see you know again i want to uh, draw your attention or draw the listeners attention to two different things actually one is what is the long term trajectory for this industry which i believe is upwards the industry will continue to grow for many years uh, i believe at least high single digits or low double digits and at the base at which this industry is so 220 billion dollars 10% is 20 billion plus right that's a significant growth on a um, uh, on an ongoing uh, basis you know cumulative growth so i am very optimistic that this industry will continue to grow over the many years to come that optimism comes because this industry has been growing for the past 30 years and these past 30 years we have seen significant um, global uh, perturbations you know um, so the asian financial crisis in the late 90s uh, the internet uh, bubble bursting in 2001 or the telecom bubble the 2008 global financial crisis so industry has gone through and continued to grow during the same period technologies also have changed you know infosys started in the mainframe era today you know we are talking about mobile phones we are talking about cloud we are talking about iot right technologies have changed again the industry has continued to grow and the reason for that is the digitization is increasing in business and digitization is accelerating and indian companies have set of services which are very relevant to these global multinational corporations for their digitization journey they have the knowledge of the business they have the knowledge of the technology they have been working with these companies they have mature leadership they have experienced leadership and i believe they will continue and this has become the default way it systems are going to be developed maintained etc then what you talked about are short term um, ups and downs right i believe inflation is a short term phenomenon it will get corrected over the next maybe 12 18 months uh, so industry may slow down so maybe from let's say 15 16% growth may come down to 10% or 8% right but again it will start picking up once that inflation worry is over because the investment in technology will continue over the next several years i believe that the amount of 
technology, emerging technologies that will get introduced and will disrupt every industry over the next 30 years are going to be even more than the last 30 years. Because the last 30 years was primarily digital computing. But today, AI, machine learning, um, Internet of Things and uh, you know, sensors and things like that, uh, robotics, you know, so many, you know, the entire biotech space, which is going to change healthcare industry, the change that is happening in the automotive industry with transition to electric, um, electric vehicles and you know, the number of sensors that go into cars, connected vehicles, you know, you, you're going to see every single industry changing and all of that will require investments in IT. And that is why I believe that the industry will continue to grow. And India is the default location for this growth. India has the, probably the largest talent pool uh, in the world with 5 million professionals. So I strongly believe that long term, the industry will grow. Short term, you'll have ups and downs, which you have to manage. And industry has shown that is able to manage these things very well. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today, Mr. Gopal Krishnan. It was wonderful speaking with you. No, thank you for having me. And I hope uh, uh, the listeners will enjoy this and uh, hopefully um, buy and read the book. Thank you. And to all our listeners, thank you for tuning in. Let us know what you think. So do share your feedback. This is Divya Shekhar. See you next time. Mm-hmm.